What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. I'm your host today, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. Magatha Jarkness. I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. Sarah's first mate on the fishing boat. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. Winter Soldier's mortal enemy, the Summer Bummer. Today is a big day, everybody out there, since it is the premiere of our newest TV review series with the MCU's The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. We hope you've all been having a great week as well as another week full of great content consumption. I finally listened to Austin and watched all of Ted Lasso and was just blown away. What a fun, hilarious, and heartwarming show. What about you guys? Anything stand out that you watched this week? I love it. I'm glad you checked out Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis definitely deserved that Golden Globe. As for me, I have been watching the X-Men show Legion, finally getting caught up on that. I gotta say, I'm in season two right now, and I still have no clue what the hell is going on in this show, but I do know that I like it. Well, if you go check out our Instagram, you'll know that I recently watched Training Day for the first time, and I gotta say, it is probably one of my favorite movies I've seen. Wow. I loved it. It was awesome. Have you guys seen it? I have. I'm actually not a big fan of it. I actually have not. I, um... I love the performances, but I've never been a huge fan of the rest of it, but definitely worth watching. No doubt. No doubt. All right, everybody. Along with that, of course, we had to bid adieu to WandaVision. That was in our thoughts since wrapping that series up two weeks ago. If you didn't know, we did do an entire TV review series on that. So if you love WandaVision and didn't check out our thoughts on it, head to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review, and scroll on up to our WandaVision series so you can give that a listen if you haven't. It's basically Marvel madness on this show. really is. We're about to get into that even more so because... If this is your first episode of The Arnie's you're checking out, welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday. Last week, as Austin mentioned, we continued our ongoing MCU Phase 1 retrospective and review series with The Incredible Hulk. We've done the same type of series with Star Wars, but we felt the MCU connection here was too good to pass up. So, Keith, how did you feel about watching The Incredible Hulk again, and what were the highlights of that recording? As far as highlights from the episode, um, I, I guess the biggest one is... This was one of the movies that Austin hated the most Mm. that we've reviewed so far. As far as reviewing the movie itself, we talked about Ed Norton and what what the Marvel Universe could have been if he would have gone on to do the other movies. We talked about how the Hulk looked um, as compared to Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. And Matt loved it. And as Keith said, I hated it. So it was kind of interesting for both of us to be kind of on the either side of that spectrum, if you will. Yeah, so go check that out. It is out now, so don't miss it. As for this coming Tuesday, though, we are returning to the DCEU for the much-anticipated Snyder Cut. It's finally here, whether we like it or not. Austin, tell me about what everyone can expect from that episode, and let me know your excitement levels, since the three of us are going to try and watch this together tomorrow. Oh man, I'm so excited. I am so excited. Uh, At the time of this recording, the three of us have not watched it. I have now had four people... Four separate people text me and tell me they loved it and wished this had been the theatrical version. So I am hyped. I can't wait to see what this movie has in store for us. As for the recording, you know, we're going to break it down. We're all going to bring some points. I think you can expect some impressions. I think at one point we're going to have, we're planning to have Keith maybe chug a drink in there. So we'll have to see how it comes out. (laughs) God, who the hell knows? It's obviously the longest piece of content we've ever had to do an episode on, so... Who knows how breaking down four hours will go, but we will see. Definitely going to want to keep an eye out for that one when that episode drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Also, we want to hear from you. Send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about all this stuff. But now it is time 
The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is here. How are Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes doing post-Avengers Endgame and without their mutual friend Steve Rogers? It is finally time to find out. We have six episodes in this season, and it's time to start breaking down the premiere. So with that, Austin and Keith, let me know what your thoughts were going into the series, and then follow it up with your non-spoiler thoughts on episode one. Coming into the series, I really was not too excited. Uh, the trailers did not really get me hyped at all. Um, I found them all kind of underwhelming. It looked like it was kind of just going to be like a generic MCU show. I gotta say, though, after the premiere, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed the premiere. You can really sense the Marvel formula's presence in this one. You know, you get some sweet action, some fun banter, great character moments, and there's also a whole post-Endgame world to experience. Um, like I said, the trailers for this show really did not have me excited but I got to say, I was really surprised at how much I now care about Sam and Bucky's stories. And I can't wait to see what the remaining five episodes have in store for us. Yeah, as for me, I did not watch any trailers or read anything about this going into it. I went in it completely blind, as I did with uh, WandaVision as well. Um, initial thoughts in this episode. I enjoyed it for the most part. There were some things that maybe you guys can help me on when we break this down that I was a little bit confused about. But yeah, I really did enjoy uh, Sam's backstory. In this one, I kind of like that we got to see some real life stuff going on with him um, outside the whole Avenger and Falcon thing for him. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just a little confused of what's going on with Bucky right now, but I, I want you guys to help me with that later on. Cool, cool. I like it. Uh, to give my quick thoughts before we jump in, I was kind of on the same boat as Austin, and not only did I was I like feeling indifferent about the show, I actively did not like the trailers. I mean, the WandaVision trailers, the Loki trailers, which we'll be talking about in June, I was so high on. I thought those were great. These ones were just kind of, it seemed the trailers were all just bland action and like shitty one-liners. Like that's kind of all it was. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the context of the MCU. So I was kind of disappointed with those trailers, but I'm with Austin as well on the final product. I love this episode. I didn't expect a deeper dive into these characters. We did get the fun action, but there was way more to the episode than I thought there would be. So without further ado, let's just keep going. But it sounds like we're all pretty high on it. So if you're like us and you weren't too high on the trailers or you weren't really planning on watching this series for any reason, we definitely would recommend it. But now, before we can really get into the nitty gritty, we got to give you our spoiler warning, everybody. If you have not watched the premiere episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now's your time to go watch it and then come on back once you do. We'll be here waiting for you with our spoiler thoughts. Keith, give me the full cast and crew for season one, episode one, and the title is New World Order. Yeah, so it's created and written by Malcolm Spellman, directed by Carrie Skogland. Um, and going into our cast, we have Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Adapiro Aduye as Sarah Wilson. Danny Ramirez as Torres. Amy Aquino as Dr. Rayner. Mickey Ishikawa as Leia. And we have UFC fighter Georges St-Pierre returning as Georges Batrock from Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And then we have the famous Don Cheadle as Rhodey, War Machine. Now hold on, hold on, Keith. We are missing one cast member, which I asked you guys before this recording if you were aware of who this is. The new Captain America. Now we know this character will play a huge role in the rest of the season, but here they just gave us a quick tease of him and they showed his face at the end. So it is fair to say that the new Captain America is played by someone Keith is very familiar with, Mr. Wyatt Russell. 
Oh. That you've worked with, technically. <laughs> that I've, yeah, I've talked to him. You were an extra in Everybody Wants Some, which he was in. Of course, everybody knows him from 22 Jump Street, the Black Mirror episode play test where he got stuck in a video game world. So it was fun to see him. I don't know what role he'll play going forward, but I'm definitely curious to see what that is. Just before we get into our plot recap real quick, were there any highlights of this cast? For me, uh, it's Amy Aquino. I got to say, um, anybody who's been a longtime listener knows I'm a big fan of Bosch. Mm. Uh, she plays a major character in Bosch that was really fun to see her in this. And I really enjoyed her performance as a therapist. Um, I thought she had... Great banter with Bucky Barnes, and I really hope she plays a larger role in this season. Other than that, I think everybody else is fairly decent. I mean, yeah, Anthony Maggie and Sebastian Stan. Um, I don't know. The episode kind of went by fast for me. Yeah, to be it was so, quick. It was quick. And it was, and it was longer than the Wandavision one. So, gotta be everybody has to keep that in mind. But it definitely flew by. Agreed. Unlike unlike the Incredible Hulk, which apparently is the shortest MCU movie, but feels like the longest one. <laughs> well, we'll see as we continue our MCU journey. Maybe that will change. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with Keith. There really wasn't a, a down note for me in this cast. Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie. If there was any, any ever doubt from anybody that like, can these characters carry a whole season of a show or a movie? Here you go. These guys have always been great actors that I felt were underutilized in the MCU. Same thing with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany that we saw in WandaVision. That gave them their own platform. This gives these guys their own. So they were great. Um, and then the, the other one that I will call out specifically was... I really like Danny Ramirez as Torres. I thought that was a really fun character. I like seeing him and Sam kind of play off of each other. It's almost like Torres is going to be maybe his little, I guess, assistant, the guy on the ground, essentially, while he's in the sky. I don't know, but I thought he was fun. So that was kind of my highlight. To your point, I love the way Anthony Mackie plays Falcon. Like, he's just so cool. He doesn't get flustered. I love that about that character. Danny Ramirez, I did like his character, but there is one thing I got to call out there really quick. We've now had, what? 25 30 mcu editions do we still need the panning shots of people cheering on the falcon as he flies by whenever danny ramirez is jumping out of that humvee and he's like yeah yeah (laughs) i was like i kind of laughed at that too that's a little much they do set up in the next scene though that he is kind of an avenger fanboy asking about captain america and all that stuff so i don't know maybe he was just a little bit giddy to actually be working with the the falcon so it was silly but i thought it was fun And with that, everybody, we want to be sure to remind you real quick of what happened in the premiere. Nothing too crazy. After half of all life returned from the blip, Sam Wilson works with the U.S. Air Force to save a hostage from a plane hijacked by George Batrock and LAF with help from Joaquin Torres. Wilson, who was given the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers, struggles with this idea and instead decides to give the shield to the U.S. government so it can be displayed in a museum. Bucky Barnes, who was recently pardoned, attends government-mandated therapy where he discusses his attempts to make amends for his time as a brainwashed assassin, the Winter Soldier. Torres investigates another terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, who believe life was better during the blip primarily because of world unity. Torres witnesses the Flag Smashers rob a bank in Switzerland before being knocked unconscious by a perpetrator who appears to have superhuman strength. He informs Wilson, who has been attempting to help his reluctant sister Sarah with the family business in New Orleans, but that is interrupted because Wilson soon learns that the government has screwed him over and have now named a new Captain America, taking the shield out of the museum and putting it in the hands of Wyatt Russell. So who knows, man? And let's just get into our roundtable discussion, guys. Uh, We kind of already talked about it a little bit. 
But after the trailers, I was primarily expecting fun action and silly banter between Sam and Bucky. And we got all that, you know, with the opening action sequence, of course. But I wasn't expecting an emotional and interesting character study with Sam coping with the responsibilities Steve gave him and Bucky trying to achieve peace after actions he had no control over but is still haunted by. Did you guys come away with the same feeling? Yeah, I, I really, like I kind of said in my general spoiler thoughts, I was really surprised at how much I came away um, caring about these both of these characters' stories, especially from the trailers. I really thought they were going for like buddy cop action every 10 minutes in the show. Like that's kind of what I thought I was walking into. And I got to say, like right as it felt like their side stories, if you want to call it that, were like starting to get boring, they then hit you with an emotional moment of uh, Bucky realizes that his companion's son who was killed was the son that he killed in the flashback scene. So I really felt like they hit a nice balance in this episode of we opened with a fun action scene, we got some sweet banter, they hit us with an emotional element for Bucky Barnes. They hit us with an emotion, emotional element for Sam. And then they kind of feed you some plot stuff at the end, too. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Austin. Uh, I definitely enjoyed just seeing Sam going back home. I feel like that's like a realistic thing to do after you're kind of done being busy with all what he was doing with the Avengers and everything like that. Uh, as far as Bucky, yeah, I did like seeing him hang out with that older guy because we have to remember he's 106 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's just not going to be able to relate. He was in his 20s and the 40s, so he just doesn't know how to doesn't know how to date, doesn't really know how to interact with people in his time. So it's really funny to watch him. And- I really love the line when he's like, I haven't danced since 1946. I really love the dating stuff, too, because you have to remember, which, again, we'll be getting to Captain America, the first Avenger soon in our retrospective and review series. But Bucky was that guy. He was the ladies man. He was this charismatic guy that didn't really care too much because... Everything was kind of handed to him, not necessarily by life. I just mean like things were so easy for him as contrasting with Steve, his friend. Um, And then he goes off to the war and everything changes. But the dating stuff was cool because you can still see he's the same person. But like Keith said, he has to have a kind of a big adjustment when (laughs) he has to do online dating. And how do I talk to people? The girl even like says, you kind of sound like my dad, like with the way he speaks a little bit. So I love that, too. So some great moments. And again, perfect example of what Austin said emotional moment, man. We don't really think about it too much with Bucky, but she asks about his family. He says he has a sister. Are you close with her parents? They're dead. Just indicative of every single person he knows is dead. And a therapist points that out too. She's like, you are alone. I am the only person in your phone that you've called this week. Yeah. And it's the same thing with how Steve's death obviously impacted Sam, but probably impacted Bucky even more so. It was his one tie to his actual life. So, yeah, I thought that was really great whenever she talks about there's no word for when, um, like, you have the words widow, you have orphan, but what happens when you're a parent whose child dies and it causes him to just kind of have a bit of a breakdown and he holds his composure enough to leave, but they're really nailing it so far, I feel like. So I'm, uh, I'm really surprised at how much Marvel is willing and wanting to develop the new reality after the snap. Um, I think it's a really interesting dynamic with half the population having been gone for the past five years. And I'm really glad it's not something they just like used for Endgame, snapped everybody back, and then we like move forward as if nothing happened. Like I'm really happy that they're willing to kind of sit and live in this reality. How do you guys feel about this kind of real world consequences ranging from a terrorist group wanting the world without borders to the rules around small business loans changing? Like there's so many varying levels of consequences from this event. And I love how they're exploring each one of them. I mean, some of them, it's just like super sad. Especially the whole loan thing with uh, Sam's sister and his other his entire family, it's like they really don't even give a shit that they were gone for five years. Like there's no 
like we're dealing with COVID right now. We get like some some sort of stimulus and all that. Like they didn't get any really anything. They're just like, yeah, sorry you're gone for five years. Sorry you were the one of the ones that disappeared. Yeah, um, yeah, your 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 money's gone. <laughs> we took it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, sucks. So, it's so fucked up too. I mean, not it's totally not surprising, but. Yeah, the fact that they can't do anything. If you're someone, even if you're just a family member who uh, blipped away and you come back, it's like you have no options because they can just say like they did in this episode, you have no uh, income from for five years. What happened? It's like, well, you know what happened. I was gone. I didn't exist. And so they just <laughs> use that as an excuse to not give loans away. So it's like billions of people have no options now. So it's just so messed up. But like Austin said, it's, it's an interesting consequence to give because it's realistic and it makes the show and the world more interesting. And I really like, too, how Torres was like, there are some people who think life was better uh, mm-hmm. during the blip. Which Steve mentioned in Endgame, too. Yeah. I'd really like that they're clear to point out there are some people that actually felt like things did improve from Thanos' actions. That's why it was so brilliant to make it five years to me. Because it's like, that first year must have been just absolutely terrible for everybody. But they gave people just enough time with that five years that they would have overcome the grief eventually tried to move on and then how the hell does the world work when five years later all these people just come back is it supposed to go back to normal how does that work i remember like i mentioned steve mentioned in endgame that um while they wanted to bring people back he just noted how it was interesting that environmentally in the world things were so much better so much cleaner like less pollution stuff like that and so yeah it's, it's believable to follow it up here with some people preferred it that way and i was while watching this episode especially with Sam, with his actions, how he was completely not willing to sell the boat, sell the house, which he half owns both of them. I I was just really interested in that because I kept thinking about Hayward's line from WandaVision where he was like, all of you that blipped away have the luxury of optimism. And I love that. You know, Sam is trying to be this guy. Well, it's half of mine and we have to have a conversation. And I'm kind of on Sarah's side. It's like you weren't here. Like, I'm struggling. And yes, I appreciate you want to help, but that doesn't help me. You know, I have to be able to make these own decisions. And it was hopeless while you were gone. I'm glad you're back, but I need to be able to make some of these decisions. And you being unwilling is because you didn't exist at all. So you can come back and things are great for you, but they're not for me. And I like they're kind of following up on that theme, too. It was kind of it was kind of funny, too, how, like, they kind of delved into the joke of, like, well, how do the superheroes make their money? Like, I kind of mm. like that the banker was like, how how does that work for you guys? Do you get paid? Did Stark pay you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, it's just goodwill. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, I really liked uh, Sam's storyline in this episode with him returning to his roots in Louisiana. I mean, it felt realistic because, I mean, that's what a normal person in his position would do after being done with all the uh, Avenger battles. Bucky, on the other hand, I'm not so sure how I think about this yet, but maybe you guys can help me out with this one. So, did the whole therapist therapist thing work for you guys? I mean, it would make sense that he needs one because, I mean, the shit, the guy's been through so much. But it doesn't really make sense that he needs to make amends for all the things he is, he did as Winter Soldier because it wasn't really him. He was pretty much brainwashed by a Hydra to do all that stuff. I mean, what, do you, what are y'all's thoughts on this? Do you think this makes sense or... Uh, you think there's something like kind of bigger behind the scenes here that why, of why they're making him do this whole amendment thing? I didn't take it as a therapist being like, you need to go out and make amends for all the terrible things you did. I took it as Bucky went to the therapist and said, I can't sleep. I'm having nightmares. I can't interact with anybody. I took it as like, this is the therapist's idea of like, in order for you to get over, over this stuff, you might need to try to make amends for what you did, even though you weren't in control. Like I took it as more of like, this is how I'm going to work through to get over my nightmares and my sleeping issues. 
I think everybody seems to be on board with the fact that Bucky wasn't in control of his actions. Um, but yeah, I think to Austin's point, I didn't read it either that even though it's government mandated therapy as a condition of his pardon, I didn't read that aspect that the amend, like him going out to get amends is like a rule, just more like a suggestion a therapist made. And I think they did a good enough job with his nightmares and using that flashback scene and then having him wake up like he's remembering it. And having him mention in Civil War, whenever Tony Stark is like, do you remember killing my parents? And he's like, I remember all of them. So he still is like, it's like this shitty virus almost. He had no control, but he's still plagued by the memories. It's like he was, he he was completely conscious while it was happening. So you can remember it, but he couldn't like control his body at all. So it's, I just read it more as he felt guilty and wanted to make amends. And kind of um, to Austin mentioned earlier, I actually read the, relationship with the older man as not like a one of coincidence. I think he just kind of forced himself into that guy's life, not like in a rude way or anything, because it seemed to me that he knew already that that was the father. They show you the men's book and that guy's name is yeah, on there. Yeah, so exactly. this clearly was so, a this clearly was a guy that he was like he tracked down and was like, I'm going to try to fix what I did to him, too. Yeah. And I love we got both sides. I love we got the scene of him like arresting that Hydra agent in like. Oh, in, in kind of a nonchalant way for him, like he's smiling. It's almost like he had a good time doing it. Like he was happy because she screwed with him and now she did really bad stuff and is like killing people. So he's getting her arrested. I love that. But then we also get the emotional side of it where he actually genuinely wants to make amends to this older man who he's so sad that. And his, the, the sad part is his son wasn't even the person he was trying to assassinate. The son just happened to be standing nearby and the Winter Soldier killed him for seeing it happen. So I like that we actually got to see him want to make amends. And then also the other side was seeing him have fun, like going through the motions of making amends, basically, with the other person. Well, that goes to my next question for you guys with uh, Dr. Rayner. I actually really like the scenes whenever he's sitting on the couch and talking to her. I just was confused by the motives of her. But I did like the things that she was saying. I like how she was not your typical shrink or therapist, whatever you call them, and how she kind of called him. And she's like, I call bullshit on that. And she's like, I've seen dead people. This is what it does to you. What do you guys think about that? Like, is there more to come with Dr. Rainer's backstory and like maybe what she's capable of? I really like their banter. And I think their banter establishes that they've had a really long relationship. Like Bucky's been seeing her for a long time. I don't think she has any ulterior motives or anything like that. I, I didn't really get that from her character. I think she's just going to kind of exist to just be the therapist role and kind of break down the, hy the Hydra stuff for Bucky in this show. Yeah, it was funny. It was just a good scene because it was funny, but it was also there was some great emotional moments again. Like we've talked about how they switched those tones so well. I loved whenever he's talking about that. They almost like recontextualize Bucky is he fought in World War Two and then he only existed to be woken up as the Winter Soldier to kill. And then he was put back on ice. And then whenever he returns in Civil War as kind of his own person, he's dragged back into a fight. And then he goes back on the ice in Wakanda and then he wakes up. He's there for however long. And then he's fighting during Infinity War, gets a blipped away, fights during Endgame. So like and he mentions the only moment of peace I've had in 90 years was in Wakanda. I like that they mentioned that. And so that kind of ties into what do you want, Bucky? I want peace. And then she's like, bullshit, you're free. You have your own life now. What are you going to do with it? And he's like, well, no, she says you're free. And then he's like, to do what? I don't I'm not I'm not a person anymore, basically. I don't know what to do. And that's why I feel like Sam's going to help him figure it out. So I'm excited for that, too. How do you guys think these new villains are going to play out since it does seem that they have some sort of super strength? I mean, do you guys think it'll be related to Hydra? But yeah, I mean, this, so they're kind of calling back the whole Bucky's and his situation things. Maybe it's related to his strength that he had whenever he was 
uh, the Winter Soldier. So it seems like the Flag Smashers are going to play kind of an overarching role in this show. Um, but to me, it kind of seemed like the LAF was just kind of there to be our opening action sequence to the show. Do you think they're coming back? And speaking of that, too, the action was awesome in this episode. I can't believe we got it. we've gotten this far and not talked about it yet. But that wingsuit choreography was sweet. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So just to kind of tackle all these points, I don't know if the LAF will come back. They definitely showed that uh, Georges St. Pierre's character was the only one to survive that encounter. So I guess he can come back. I don't know what his role would be. The Flag Smashers definitely strike me as more of our main antagonists here. As for the reasoning, what it's tied into, I don't know, but... I have to imagine that they have the super soldier serum, the same that Cap was given. Who gave it to them and for what purpose and why they're doing what they're doing? No clue. No idea. Very excited to find out. I hope we get a more exciting villain, though, than just a dude with a shitty hockey mask. I won't say. We do know who the villain of the show is um, based on trailers and news. But if you don't know that, don't go look. So, but again, that villain, I don't know how that would tie in either. I don't know. So, yeah, there, there's lots of villains or potential villains. The new Captain America. Is this guy a villain? I don't know. Will he be a bad guy or will he be like this kind of aloof like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a fan of yours. I didn't know that you, Steve, wanted you to be Captain America. I, I just signed up for this, got the serum, and I'm sorry. Like, I have no idea what role he'll play either. So it's either going to be Homelander or a bumbling idiot. There's going to be no in between. I did notice rewatching that scene right before this. He had the shield, of course, and he had a gun in a holster, which I thought was interesting. And he gave kind of like a, a smug wink, too. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be a bad guy. Um, the U.S. government, had, were they trying to give people the super soldier serum either before or after Cap died, and now that went wrong, and now you have some flag smashers that have the super soldier serum? No idea, but very curious to find out. Yeah, so let's just talk about the action again. You guys already mentioned it, but let's have a quick little just thing fully talking about the action it was pretty awesome um you could definitely tell at moments just like wandavision especially in that finale this is a tv budget you know uh, there were really like, i didn't think so man i thought it looked yeah, great i thought it looked like, just as good as the movie stuff yeah not for me but I, I don't care i mean it's not a bad thing it's just like whenever red wing pops out and then makes a little laser to open the door i was like that looks like shit but the point is i didn't care and like whenever like the 12 helicopter exploded it's like that explosion didn't look as good as the first one so it's just a little it's me being nitpicky but the point is for a tv budget 150 million across all the episodes it looked awesome and it was so fun and they've really botched falcon in the past haven't they when it comes to action i feel like in the earlier movies he just flies and kicks somebody and that's all he ever does like in the winter soldier he loses his wings like all the time in the earlier movies too though he's always fighting people on the ground so using the yeah, wings was a, a really was a really cool way to get some air some aerial combat when he flies under somebody in midair punches him into a cliff and then like hero poses while falling and then his wings pop out it's fucking awesome. It was so I cool. I wanted. I wish we could have been in the pitch room whenever Malcolm Spellman and Carrie Skoglund are telling, hey, Kevin Feige, our idea for Falcon is we're going to have action sequences ready in the sky. <laughs> Why have we not gotten this before? <laughs> You're right, Austin. He like always fights on the ground. <laughs> they must have, too, been really inspired by that viral video earlier this year of the wingsuiter guys falling and, and getting into a moving helicopter. They must have that really been cool. inspired by that because they did that in three different helicopters in one scene. <laughs> Whenever he just shows up in the helicopter, and is like, what's up? And then punches them again. 
he like uses his momentum in such cool ways whenever he like grabs the guy, turns on his booster, and then just leads the guy directly into a box and knocks him out. The way, yeah, his momentum is just so cool. And dude, I got so giddy whenever he dives out of the helicopter, turns around, closes the wings, aims real quick, and shoots a like a little bomb or something onto the helicopter, beat, and then the wings come out again. I was like, oh, it's so good. You can just tell that he's so savvy with his suit. He just knows it now. Now, just wait, Matt. You're going you're to get all giddy again here, too, because just think about all this action and then incorporate the Captain America shield. I actually, yeah, that's going to be really cool. I don't know how that will work either. Um, I'm excited for Bucky action, too. We got a glimpse of it. Did you guys like how we got the old school Winter Soldier getup from the movie, which we haven't seen you know, since 2014? He had the mask, the long hair. He had the classic silver arm. I thought there were some fun little beats there, too. So I'm hoping for some good Winter Soldier action later in the season. Also, I did love the underlying Winter Soldier theme, too. Yes, they brought it back. We have, I don't think we've heard that since Winter Soldier. And I loved how they used it during the emotional moments, whenever... He's talking to his friend and thinking about having killed his son. And it's such a simple theme. It's literally just like a siren wail almost, but it's like slow build. Oh, it's so scary. All right. So speaking of our heroes, um, it seems like everybody wants some new ones. Uh, when Falcon retires Captain America's shield in the in the Smithsonian, uh, he says they need new heroes suited for the current time period. Um, and then at the end, the U.S. government brings out their new Captain America so what did you guys think about all this? Is Marvel going to use this show to introduce some new members of the Avengers? I guess if we assume he's a good guy, then maybe. I guess for that point, too, I'm kind of going back to the fact that Falcon is like, we need new heroes. So I'm wondering if, if maybe that part of it is, is Marvel wants to bring in a new a new Avenger to the show. Maybe. That could just be a sign of what's to come in phase four and like these other TV shows they're doing, getting some new heroes. Maybe that's what that is. Um, I just really love that opening at the Smithsonian. It was so good. The speech was great. Watching him hand it over, it was like, no, Sam, don't. But at the same time, you get it. Who could, I mean, Captain America handed me this and told me to be Captain America, basically. Such a burden. So I get it. But I was with Don Cheadle. I was, come on. Like, why'd you give it up? I love the Captain America exhibit, too. It was so cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I really liked that um, Rhodey was there. I think it was very yeah. fitting because Rhodey is always at the press conferences, yeah. like in all the movies. He's always there just like just watching and listening and taking it all in. I love Don Cheadle, dude. There's no way if Terrence Howard is still in this role, he's not showing up in this show. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why are you so hard on Terrence Howard, man? He's <laughs> such a Howard hater. Terrence Howard would laugh Marvel out of the room if they came to him and said, hey, we want you to be in Falcon and Winter Soldier for three minutes. He'd say, do you know who I am? Gave him, they gave him like five million bucks or something. It's all good. Um, and yeah, you've got to talk about it too. I think it was so striking to see two of the few black characters we have in the MCU, especially outside Wakanda, because that whole world feels almost so different from the MCU because there is diversity. But seeing these two characters that are not only black, but also like infamous, if you want to say, like second fiddles to uh, Cap and Tony, uh, respectively, it was really cool to see that. Rhodey really has kind of coped with Tony's death, and he always has been his own character. He felt like less of a sidekick, more of his own thing, and that definitely escalated as the series went on, whereas Falcon has been so intrinsically tied with Steve. So another reason why I get why he gave it up. Um, and yeah, Anthony Mackie had a quote where he was talking about, and it really struck me, he was basically saying, Sam Wilson has to like cope with the fact that how can I take up the mantle of Captain America and represent America when America doesn't represent people like me. So I think that's something we're going to see in the show. And look, 
the president of the United States takes the shield, puts it in a museum, gives it to some random white guy. They didn't even ask Sam. So there is like, I think this racist element. I don't think they want a black Captain America. So how does the show navigate that? I'm very curious to see. So it was another reason I loved having Don Cheadle there because it felt like such an important scene for these two characters to share. Well, and Sam's sister too. And they're at the bank and the bank's like, there's new rules because of the time gap. His sister goes, it's funny how these new rules always end up squeezing people like us. And so I Mm -hmm. thought that was also another moment another really great moment that you don't usually see in, in MCU too. So I, I'm also really interested to see how they handle this dynamic in the show. Yeah. I'm very fascinated by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say on the whole, uh, the reveal of Captain America. Yeah. I don't know if it has to do with race or it just has to do more with like them just wanting him to look like Steve. I don't know if they're like, trying to like just copy his look like a blonde white dude. Yeah. I honestly think it's a combination. I think it's a combination. Yeah. But we'll see. We're going to have to know more about that. I mean, I cannot wait to see some scenes with Sam hopefully bursting there, like yelling at like the president or someone in the government, like what the fuck's going on? And then like him having to kind of come to that mantle somehow. I mean, I have to imagine the show, does the show end with him as Captain America in some form? Like he still has the wings and the shield. Is that where we're going? I don't know. I mean, do you think he's going to don like the typical Captain America colors? Cause I couldn't really picture that. I could maybe just picture him in the Falcon costume, but with the shield. That's what I guess I, we'll see. They'll, they'll, they'll throw a star on the chest. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, already in this show, his new outfit is kind of more the traditional colors. He has the red, white, and blue. It's just a different layout. So throw a star on there. Give him a shield. I think you got yourself a Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think that uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Brody, will come back as War Machine? Great in this question. Because I didn't know I he was so. in it. I didn't know he was going to be in this. That so was is awesome. This, yeah. Is this just a guest star? Or, yeah, Keith, do we, can we see a recurring role? He said, I'll be in touch. Do we see him in the outfit at some point for an action scene? In the finale. In the that'd finale, be, that'd for be sure. Awesome. I bet. All right. I, yeah, I hope we get more of him. And to that question also, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but do you think all the side characters they introduced are going to be kind of like the consistent characters in the show? I think Sarah, without a doubt, will be. But like Leia, the girl that Bucky went on a date with, Dr. Aquino, um, Torres. Are these going to be like the characters we see in each episode or were they just kind of here for the setup? I could see it being like a first half deal and then the second half kind of really being the Falcon and Winter Soldier's like mission. And then it's just kind of more about them stopping whatever villain we're going up against. They could all maybe form, form a team. And I could see Torres. I think like we one of y'all said earlier could be like their assistant, just like their techie be cool. kind of guy on the ground. I do think it would be a weird dynamic, though, if like every episode they're out on a mission, but then also coming back to Louisiana and D.C. Like, I think that would be really just a really weird like way to have that play out like i think it's gonna have to be like all the home stories kind of wrap up and then we go off on our mission yeah i think you're right all right guys before we get out of here we have to do it it's a premiere episode of a big show so this is the traditional last question now that we've seen the start and know we only have five episodes left what are our biggest hopes and fears for the rest of this season i hopes i guess we just get some really cool action sequences i hope there's not too much like and I don't, I don't think there will be. There's, they're entirely different characters, but I hope there's not there's not too much copying of WandaVision. I, I kind of hope this one just kind of takes a different mm-hmm. role in the MCU. That yeah, I guess that's my fear. Um, hopes yeah, just more action. See how Bucky kind of comes together into his own person yeah. <laughs> and being in the modern world. I'm kind of anxious to see what that's what's gonna happen with him and and hopefully Sam can get him and his family back on board with his his home life in Louisiana. My fears are that. Kind of like WandaVision, they're going to set up some like really big reveal and then it's not going to pay off like we hope. 
So that's my fear, just because I still have that taste in my mouth after how WandaVision kind of ended their finale. My hope is that the events of this show feels like they actually have weight for the rest of the MCU. Like, I hope whatever our, whatever our, whatever our plot is, whatever our villain is, I hope it actually feels like a substantial threat to the MCU, and it feels like we really do need the Falcon and Winter Soldier involved, like, in this mystery, in this case. Great way. I mean, the, the number one way to do that is just bring director Hayward into it, make him the main villain. No, no more hard-headed military men, please. <laughs> no more. We will see what they do. My fears, I don't really know. I guess I'm kind of with Keith. I hope it doesn't feel too samey to what we've seen already. But my biggest hope is after seeing this premiere, I just want them to kind of continue. I like this tone. I like this balance of actual character stuff and action. Obviously, as we go on, I think we'll lean a bit more towards action. But as long as they keep all those elements in there, I think we're in for a really fun time and actually like really great show and a great entry to the MCU. So I just hope we continue on this trajectory and don't kind of uh, lose our way, so to speak. All right. I have two closing questions for each of you. My first is to Matt. Matt, did you know Don Zedel is getting his own MCU show called Armor Wars? And are you excited for that? Yeah, I am excited. Um, I think it's, it's just another great example. I don't know why it just hit me today that phase four so far with Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, the Black Widow movie, we're finally getting stories featuring these characters that should have gotten these stories like 10 years ago. Like, we should have known more about these people from the get-go and as the movies went on, whereas we've gotten like nothing interesting. Not nothing, but you know what I mean. Not enough. So the fact that Don Cheadle, after all of this time, his character's been in since the first movie in the MCU, is just now getting his own story. I'm excited. And they gave us the logline, which is, Whenever Tony Stark's greatest inventions are used and fallen into the wrong hands, what happens? And Don Cheadle, my friends, will save the day. <laughs> I'm excited. I think you made a great point there. It's so cool that this exists. Like, all these side characters now can be so much more developed, and they don't have to do it in the movie. Like, they can introduce new people in the movie and then give them their own show, and then it'll feel so much more impactful in their future movies. I think it's such an awesome formula, and it's going to make the MCU feel so much more lived in. I mean, yeah, that's badass. I, I think Rhodey's a badass character. I've always... I liked him, even though I know we bashed Terrence Howard, but I've liked him from the big, from the first Iron Man movie. Like, him being in the Air Force and kind of always being Tony's friend, but not... He was never really beneath Tony, though. He was always kind of his equal. Uh, which I always liked about him. And he was always kind of his second brain in a way. When Tony wasn't always thinking straight, Rhodey was always there to kind of keep him in line. I just love the War Machine suit. I cannot wait to see more of that action. Yeah. And Keith, awesome. my clothing question for you. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for your co-star Wyatt Russell? <laughs> and are you looking forward to seeing his future in the show? Wyatt, if you're listening to this, it was good meeting you on the set of Everybody Wants Some. Uh, I've watched you in Black Mirror and... Goon two, I think. <laughs> Same. I hope he. I hope he's actually like turns into be a good guy because Wyatt Russell's played some bad guys in the past. So, I'd be kind of cool to see him kind of be like, "Hey, man, they just chose me for this job uh, to play Captain America. I don't know what I'm doing. They're, they're paying me a bunch of money." Which seems realistic. Like, if they actually want someone to be the new Captain America, why would they find a dick on purpose? You know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah. Good luck, Wyatt. All right, well, Keith is going to text his former co-star, Wyatt Russell, and, and see if we can get him on the show. So maybe he'll be on the finale of uh, The Falcons Talking the Winter Soldier. And that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow this show. And hey, please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, a starred review on Apple Podcasts really does help. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday. 
to break down all four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is by far the longest piece of content we've ever covered on this show. How will it go? I guess we'll see. That's right. I'm so worried, but also excited for the Snyder Cut. If you're needing your MCU fix, we have no shortage. We'll be back the week after to discuss Iron Man 2 being the next movie in phase one for us to break down. Austin and I have another episode of Co-op Couch coming at the end of the month. Where we're going to be talking about all the March video game news and our favorite video game characters. And of course, we have five episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier left, which means come on back every Sunday because we will be reviewing and talking about each new episode when it drops. And check us out on Instagram at The Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and future episodes coming up. Please um, give us your theories on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what's to come on it. Also, go back and catch up on Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. Let us know what you thought about those and look forward to Iron Man 2 coming up. Everybody have a great week and we will talk to you on Tuesday for the Snyder Cut. (laughs) 